Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And indeed, welcome to The Sages Among Us. I'm Keith Porter, and my guest today is Karen O'Hara, former professor and associate dean of the College of Education at CSU Sacramento, and since June of last year, executive dean of Sierra College's Nevada County campus. So, Karen, welcome to the hot seat on The Sages Among Us. Thanks, Keith. Thanks for having me. Well, we want to find out all about uh, how you do your job and how it all fits into the community, but before we do that... Uh, I want to share a little bit more of your background, and uh, let's talk about you as a person. You grew up in Alaska. You uh, found a way to, your way to Davis for your university education, which is an interesting story you can tell us as we get there, uh, and were there for quite some time and uh, at, at CSU Sacramento, as I said, and uh, for one year now, you've been the dean of the Sierra College campus right here in River City. Well, not River City, but Nevada County. So it's great to have you here, um, and um, this shows about you, your work, how you contribute to the community, but um, let's delve a little more deeply into your background. You grew up mostly on the Kenai, is that how you pronounce it? Kenai. Kenai Peninsula in Alaska, on your grandparents' homestead, wow, on Longmere Lake. Your grandparents must have had the pioneering spirit to settle there. What's the story of your family history in Alaska? It's great that you chose the word pioneer, you know, because actually, truly, my mom's family are pioneers because they moved there before it was actually a state. It was a, it was just a U.S. territory at the time. They moved there in 1952. That doesn't sound so long ago to me because I can remember <laughs> as a kid in school when Alaska became a state. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they lived up there. They moved up there in 1952. My mom was six years old. And um, they moved there from Washington. And then my dad's family was not far behind them, moved there in 1962. The homestead that my, my grandparents um, got uh, is still on Earl Wine Drive, which is my mom's maiden name, my grandfather's name. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And then the homestead, we still have about 10 acres left on, of the original 100-acre homestead on the lake there. So, um, so that's still in the family? Mm -hmm. okay, yeah, about 10 okay. acres of it. Yeah. Right. They sold it off chunk by chunk <laughs> Yeah. over the last, you know. 60 years and my mom always tells stories about having to haul water from the lake for cooking and bathing and we had seven people in a one room cabin with no running water for a time but then of course they got plumbing now, now how does one haul water from a lake <laughs> in the middle of the winter in alaska when it's all frozen well i think in the middle of the winter is easier because you just melt the snow oh okay yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, your father owned a business. He was also a teacher, and he became mayor of Soldotna. Uh, he became an Alaska state legislator uh, and became director of roads for the Kenai, Kenai, Kenai Peninsula and then a deputy commissioner of transportation for the state of Alaska. Wow, that is a varied life experience and a lot of civic engagement. Did his interest in public service have any impact on your life choices? You know, I... 
I didn't used to think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I was so caught up in family and school and and everything. But when my kids were little, I was involved with, you know, helping out in their classrooms and Girl Scouts and Little League and all that. And then after they got older, and it, it's interesting because I, I never lived where I worked. So I never had the opportunity to marry my, my work life with my family life and my community. Oh. So now that I live here, it's just, it's so much fun to be able to be engaged in the community and my dad comes to visit all the time and you know I took him to the Rotary Club with me and um, and you know it's just it's something we do together now when when he visits. Well you also told me earlier you had planned to have him come to the station tonight and be with us live right here in the studio but he couldn't make it. Yeah I had hoped he would he would be able to make it that would have been really fun. What's your dad's name? His name is Gary Davis. Gary Davis well we're sorry you're not here but it's (laughs) nice to meet you. (laughs) Uh, your mom was a surgical nurse and a hospital administrator and ran the Kenai Peninsula outpost of Sarah Palin's governor's office. Wow. Same question. Uh, did that civic engagement influence you, you think, at all? It's funny. I don't really think of my mom like that. She was a surgical nurse, an OR nurse for most of my life. Um, and so I always think of her as this very quiet, sciencey, clinical person and um and she really instilled in me a love of science and being very analytical and clinical about things. Um, and she's just polar opposite of my dad, who's the the gregarious polit- politician, uh, you yeah. know. So she's, um, but she, so I'm definitely a blend of the two of two of them. Well, well, what led her to to be Sarah Sarah Palin's governor's office representative? I don't know how to phrase that, but that's an interesting choice for a person you just <laughs> described. Well, it's funny. It's such a small place. People don't realize Alaska. There's not even a million people in the state. So my dad was a legislator, so he was in the Capitol all the time, and my mom lived with him, and um, so it was like, hey, we need somebody to come do this who can do this and she had been an administrator and had the skills and she knew all the people on the Kenai Peninsula so I was like hey Susie can you do this sure (laughs) I'll bet there are more than a million people in Alaska when all those turboids tour ships end up there in the summer aren't there oh yeah yeah my little town of 3,500 people we say expanded to about 12,000 in the summer yeah wow (laughs) yeah we've uh, we actually made a couple of those trips and enjoyed it very very much Uh, great so um, what was interesting and unique about growing up on the Kenai Peninsula? You had an older brother and younger sister. Were, were you the good child, or were you the one that got in trouble every now and then? No, I was pretty quiet and studious. I was kind of a classic middle child. My brother, But my brother's only 18 months older, so we were, we were pretty close growing up. Um, and then my sister's about four years younger, um, and, but we're close now. She just lives up in Lake Tahoe. And um, so I was pretty quiet and studious most of my life and um, until I was about 16 and I started coming out of my shell. But I was never really a rebel. Um, and, you know, I've always had a very close relationship with my family, so I really never really had anything to rebel against. Um, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish your dad was here and I could ask him the same yeah, question. Yeah, oh, no. he'd tell you the same thing. <laughs> So, but you did come out of your shell, obviously. You were on the student council that sold out in a high school, and you swam a 200 and 500 freestyle races on the swim team. Now, swimming is not the first sport that would come to mind for a student in the, on the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska. So that's kind of curious. Why was why was that your sport? 
it's funny. Uh, my dad's like a classic jock. He was he's been the captain of every every team in high school and co- and even college. And I'm you know I'm his kid, knock kneed, pigeon toed. I can't run. I can't. I, I'm totally uncoordinated. Um, but then in about sixth grade, I discovered swimming, and I discovered that you know with good physical training and some coaching that I was pretty good at it. So um, and then my brother was also on the swim team, so we swam together and we're just a year apart in school so we went to all the meets together and we'd travel the team would travel that was a lot of fun well i'm guessing that the distances between high schools in that part of alaska <laughs> is, is pretty great and so it to is. travel and to you competed with other high schools other other kids yeah yeah and it's funny because our region there was one school i remember palmer high school right by wasilla where okay. sarah palin's from um and the uh that team i don't know what is something in the water but those girls could swim they kicked our butts all the time but um that was probably about a four and a half five hour drive all right to go to a swim meet (laughs) that's a that's a big commitment yeah all right well so you came to davis after you graduated from high school in 1988 and you stayed in this area ever since but uh, you were telling me the story before we went on air why did you choose Davis? UC Davis. <laughs> yeah, as I was saying that, you know, in Alaska, there's not a there's a there are a couple of universities, but everything's so spread out. It's not like here where there's, you know, where a college is is just present. Um, and so it was really this very abstract idea. I knew I wanted to get out of Alaska, but I did I didn't have a clue where I wanted. It felt like putting up a map and throwing darts at it, figure out where I wanted to go, but. Um, so my maiden name is Davis, and so uh, when I was in high school, a friend of mine was from California, and she was teasing me, oh, Davis, you should go to Davis. Uh-huh. And, and I looked into it, and, and I visited the campus and just fell in love with it. Well, and, and it's a great school, and I'm glad I did. How did you deal with the Sacramento Valley heat? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a culture shock, for yeah, I'll sure. Bet. I'll bet. I still don't like the heat. <laughs> Do you go back to Alaska now and then? Uh, you keep some ties up there and connections? Absolutely. My parents still live there. My brother okay. and his wife and family live there. I was just up there last June for a funeral. I have a huge family, so there's always, you know, a wedding or a funeral or a baby being born. So. Beside the heat, anything else you miss about Alaska? Oh, it's just so beautiful. When I was there in June, I got to stay in this little apartment on a lake, and I was just like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. The air is so clean and crisp. and A little, little different in February, though, I guess. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd much rather be here in February, <laughs> even with the snowpocalypse. I'd uh, still take yeah. Grass Valley in California. I'm with you. So you spent, well, let, let me tell our folks, uh, I'm Keith Porter. My guest today is Karen O'Hara. She's former professor, department chair, and associate dean at CSU Sacramento. And since June of last year, she is the executive dean at Sierra College's Nevada County campus. So we're talking about her background at the moment, and we're going to talk a bit more about the community and how Sierra College fits into it and her role there. But before we do that, um, you spent a total of 12 years at Davis with your BA in psychology, a BS, and eventually your PhD in human development. Why did you choose to study human development? Well, when I started college, I wanted to be an elementary school teacher. That was always my goal. And I show up at school and I'm like, hey, where's the elementary education major? And they didn't have one. Uh So you had to get a bachelor's degree in something else first and then move on to get a teaching credential. 
And so human development was pretty much the natural choice for someone wanting to move into elementary education, working with children. And then I just fell in love with the field and the research. And um, and it's a funny story. I kept switching between psychology and human development, psychology and human development, because I just got so excited by both of them. that. Um, and then... Uh, an advisor said, hey, I'll, I'll swap out this class for this class, and you can get both. There <laughs> you I go. I said, oh, okay, cool. So I did both. And uh, you did some uh, serious academic research. Your focus was on the psychological and physiological patterns of emotion. I'm trying to read this correctly. <laughs> Yes. Physiological and psychological patterns of emotional emotion regulation, especially stress responses and frontal lobe activation patterns related to children's temperament and attachment. Now, that's a complicated thing, but can you summarize <laughs> for us what all that amounts to? Sure, sure. I know. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, so when I was a little kid, I was um, super, super shy and anxious. And my dad, you know, 60s hippie, he would teach me this biofeedback and breathing techniques. And I just, I realized at a really young age that how I was physiologically, like like my how I just am in the world and how I react to stress affected how I talked to people, how I interacted with people and all that. And so, um, and I used to get terrible stomach aches and I'm like, these are all tied together. And then when I was in college, I, I had a, my abnormal psych professor was doing a study looking at temperament. So temperament is related to your, your biology, um, and allergies. And I thought that was just fascinating that your immune system might be related to your, and so I really got in interested in the mind-body connection, but in human development is very um, interdisciplinary. So you want to look not just at biology affecting outcomes, but also how does the social context, so parenting and uh, so temperament and attachment. And I wanted to look at, is there a concrete physiological way to look at how parenting impacts physiological measures that we know affect physical outcomes? And, and so um, yeah, it's it was a long it was a long study. I did about a hundred EEGs on four and five year old kids. Oh my! Uh, I know oh my. that was fun. Um, thank God I love kids. And um, so, and one of the things we found was yeah that uh, the activation patterns. So like how much activity was going on in the left frontal lobe versus the right frontal lobe was correlated, in fact, with how they responded to different types of emotional pictures. And then those were impacted by their attachment. Wow. Sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during those years when you were doing all of that, you married and you had two children of your own, and they're both living and studying right here now, right in our community. And they're both uh, artistic, you said, in their own ways. Uh, did mm -hmm. you are you the source of those artistic genes? <laughs> um, a little bit. Their dad is a really talented musician, and I have a lot of artists also in my family, on my side of the family, including my mom and my brother. And then I'm a child psychologist, so of course I wanted to have an environment where they could explore and be really free to you know, express themselves. And so we had this room in our house that was always just a complete disaster, but every art supply known to man was was there and it was always a mess and so they were if they ever said they were bored i was like i just pointed that room and they would go do that and and now both they're both very experimental both in music and um and in art and painting and so i'd like to say they inherited the good genes from <laughs> both sides but the then I, I, but I gave them that 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 
you know, that breath, that birth to, to really express themselves. I hope, I so, hope I did that. Sounds a little like kid heaven though, to have a room with everything <laughs> possible in there, just to go in there and, and do your thing. <laughs> go create. All right. Well, back to your career a little bit. You started in a tenure track position in the child development department at Sac State's College of Education in 2000 and became tenured in 06 and a full professor in 2011. Um, was earning tenure and that professorship uh, <laughs> as grueling and stressful as we kind of hear from folks about uh, how that happens? Yeah, and especially back then, you know, we had, um, we taught four classes a semester and we're expected to also do all our research and, and community service and institutional service. Um, you know, I was really lucky though because I had, I still was working with the um, the lab in Davis and we had graduate students running through there all the time. So um, uh, my colleagues and I had a pretty active research um, program going on there so so that helped a lot but yeah it was it's a, that was a, I've actually kind of blanked it out a little bit <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk anymore about okay. that period of your life there's no more to say about it uh, right. so well I'm going to talk a little more about it because you developed okay. and wrote a class in brain development that continues to be taught at the university and became a department chair and then associate dean of instruction and student services so it sounds like they appreciated your work um, was it hard to make the decision to leave Sac State to accept your position here at Sierra College um, yes and no. Uh, you know, I had moved up to Nevada County about a year and a half before I got this job. And it was a very strange <laughs> confluence where I just, during the pandemic, I said, I want to live in Nevada County. I love it. I love it up there. I would come visit. My sister was living in Nevada City. And I used to just come up for the day and, you know, go to used bookstores and go eat lunch at Tofanelli's. And, um, so we moved up here, and I was actually commuting to Sac State, and I had already made the decision to sort of backpedal out during the pandemic, and then this job at NCC opened up, and I thought, oh my gosh, what a great, what a great combination of the skills and things that I've I've developed over the last 25 years, and then also in the geographic region where I live. So, it's it was a great. It was a great kismet of things coming together. So good, some good things and some probably hard things to leave what you were doing. But Definitely uh, hard to leave the, so, the people there. So what would you say are the things, the, the, in summary, that attracted you to Nevada County? You said you liked it here. What, what, what were those things? Um, well, the trees and the rural mm. community. Um, I just will sit on in my back porch and just stick my, you know, stare up into the trees and it just feels a little bit like Alaska and California. <laughs> <laughs> so an interesting combination, a little less hot. <laughs> little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Compared to Alaska, not very much. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's 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 just so beautiful up here and and the community is is great, which I actually didn't even know before I moved up here. I just knew I liked it up here, but I didn't know a soul. <laughs> oh, there you go. You're, you I bet you know a few people now. Oh, uh, yeah, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what parts of your academic work did you find the most fun or rewarding, and what were some of the things you had to do to grit your teeth to do to endure because it's the way you get to do the fun stuff? Um, you know, I love teaching. Teaching is, is great. Uh, just watching people's eyes light up when they make connections and have those aha moments. Um, also, because of the the subject that I taught, social emotional development, it, you know, I, a lot of people really connected with that topic. And so I, I, um, 
had a lot of opportunities to, to connect with students and the play, but teaching is awesome, but grading is the worst. <laughs> it's just the worst. Yeah. Okay. Well, some good and some not so good. Yeah. So you're now a year almost into your position here. Uh, same question. What's, what's fun and rewarding and what's not so much fun, but necessary in order to get the job done? You know, I'm I'm learning the position. It's only a year, and it's a huge job. One of, that's one of the first things I'm learning is it's a really, really huge job. Um, the people at at NCC and Sierra College at large are are just amazing. the 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 mission of Sierra College um, it's just it makes me so proud to go to work every day and the, see the work and the commitment to student success that they have. And at NCC in particular, the connection and the commitment to the community is is just it's amazing and, and, for, and, and makes for, me so proud and for the record ncc you're talking about nevada county oh yeah campus, sorry yeah, just, just to be sure. <laughs> we just call it ncc uh, but yeah, yeah this the, the the folks up there are just i i've never seen that level of commitment to to student success and to the community oh that's great and the only thing i don't like is that rockland is so far away really <laughs> well we have you know um we're a, we're a satellite campus so i have to be in rockland a lot and so oh, yeah. it'd be much nicer if they were right next door but i'll bet i'll bet there's two aspects of that let, <laughs> let me come back to that in a second but i will okay. first let me just tell folks i'm keith porter my guest today is karen o'hara She's former professor, department chair, and associate dean at CSU Sacramento, and for a year now, executive dean of Sierra College's Nevada County campus. So I'm wondering, um, are, do you feel like a stepchild because the administration is in Rockland, uh, or do you feel like you've got your own little principality here that you can kind of do with as you want? How, how does that work for you? Is it, is it a sense of independence, or is it a sense of what a drag to have to have be responsible to people that aren't in the community? You know, I think it's it's a sense of independence, and um, it's it all comes down to communication because the main campus is in Rockland, so all the division deans, so all of the academic deans are there, um, and so everybody at the Nevada County campus, you know, answers to multiple bosses. So it really is a matter of all the managers communicating well with each other and making sure that we're all aligned with the mission and vision of the Sierra College District, and there really haven't been that many hiccups um in my in my 11 11 months today <laughs> 11 <laughs> months today sure. wow an anniversary <laughs> well uh, why why community colleges i happen to be a fan of community colleges i did not go to community college myself but i actually did teach a little bit uh, in santa rosa many years ago uh, and i've always thought it's a wonderful institution that we have and it's so strong here in california what 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 are the benefits of community college? Why should why should someone who's got children in high school think about community college as a as a path forward? It's interesting. I when I came to college, I didn't even realize that was an option, and I really wish that I had. Um, just because, well, what, first thing, it's um, you know it. It's a rigorous education, rigorous academic preparation for if you're planning to transfer, um, and for the for the um, for the cost, it's just amazing. Yes. Um, I as a I was a transfer advisor at Sac State forever, and I would, um, I mean, Sierra College had just such an amazing reputation. All the students coming in from Sierra College were so well prepared for the for the next you know, the next two years. Um, but the other thing that community college does is it's really, um, it really connects the workforce with the, with the, um, 
the workforce with the community. Um, that's that's how I see uh, the role of Sierra College and NCC. We recently had a, a meeting bringing together people from industry and asking them directly what kind of preparation do, what's your ideal worker, what's your ideal candidate for a job, and how can Sierra College help serve you? So we have that opportunity to be nimble, create programs, um, and recruit students for those programs to go directly into workforce. That's great. So, um, Karen, uh, I know you were pretty involved in civic activities uh, in the Davis area when you were still living in, in that part of the world. Uh, you're a relatively newcomer to Nevada County, but uh, and I suppose you're pretty darn busy with your job, learning it, as you've said, but have you found opportunities for civic engagement to be attractive to you here? And in, in what areas? Yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, that's been probably the most fun part of my job thus far is, is all the civic and community activities I get to do. Um, I'm, um, let's see, I've joined the 49er Rotary and made a lot of, of uh, acquaintances and friends that way. Um, I'm on the ERC, Economic Resources Council um, board. And then through those things, I've connected up with other people to help uh, with task forces and um, other community organizations and um, community groups. I think one of the things that is that's most attractive about Nevada County when it comes to community service is just how engaged everybody is and how they work so well together. It seems feels like nobody's competing against each other in the community for, for um, you know, for acclaim or resources. They really just want to get the job done and get and get the community taken care of. Yeah, that, that's that's my observation too. Many times, and uh, this show, the Sages Among Us, is, is highlights that in a way that uh, I think is unique and a whole lot of fun. Well, and I know that Sierra College has been a sponsor of the Nevada County Community Leadership Institute for years. And I first met you uh, last year when you were just starting out in that program, and you've, it's now finishing up for this year. But um, was that been an interesting and successful program for you, the NCCLI? I think that that program is transformational. I mean, it's so it's so amazing the people that you meet, both the people who come and present and then the people in your cohort anyway. They're all leaders from the community and um and in every single if 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 people out there haven't done it, I highly recommend it. At the end of every class session, we have networking, and we sit together and solve problems. We have to dream up a problem and solve it together. And we've actively solved problems together and reached out to each other afterward to continue to solve the problems. And these are people, you know, active active people in the community and so they're they're not small problems <laughs> all right well so, so you've helped with others you've identified problems so uh, if a genie in a bottle gave you a <laughs> wish to improve the community one wish to improve this community what would that wish be for you boy that's a tough one um first uh you know, there's a housing problem in Nevada County, and I know that one of the problems with both workforce and trying to attract students up here is that there's just not enough affordable housing uh, for people. So I'd, I'd love to, to fix that problem. Um, I'd also love to fix the, uh, let's see, Jeannie, would you please? <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I said one. Okay. <laughs> oh, one? Oh. Oh, try a second. Oh, okay. So uh, I think the housing problems um, the and and. The, the houselessness problems, but also um, just to make it fire safe. I think that would be that would that would be the other thing I would I would wish for. But this is such a brilliant and 
and vibrant community. So just keeping it safe. Lots of fun. So what, what's, uh, what's next in your future? You're, you're obviously getting your feet on the ground here. Um, what, 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 where from here? Is this a, a, someplace you'll be for the rest of your life? Or I hope so. All right. Yeah, I really like it here. Um, and I, I love NCC and, and Sierra College. So it's, it's been great so far. I don't want to – I'm still learning. It's just such a – I can't believe it's already been a year. Um, you know, in the future, I can see myself branching off into things within the community where I can put my psychology knowledge and expertise to work, maybe in mental health or something like that. Not as a career, but, you know, at least serving on boards and um, advisory groups that where, where that expertise can come into into use. I've, I've got a couple of ideas that, uh, <laughs> where, where we can plug you into the community, but it's great to have you in the community. So welcome, a little late, uh, but uh, it's wonderful to have you here and uh, all success uh, in terms of your important role with Sierra College. It's just, it's a, it's a critical community asset, and uh, as you well know, and uh, we really appreciate all of that. Uh, again, I'm Keith Porter. My guest today has been Karen O'Hara. She's former professor, department chair, and associate dean at CSU Sacramento, and since June of last year, Executive Dean at Sierra College's Nevada County campus. Uh, we hope you'll listen to the Sages Among Us every week, Wednesday at 6.30. Uh, next week, Taylor Wolf is going to have a student, <clears throat> excuse me, a student uh, guest. Uh, it's Max Eckerling. He's a Nevada Union senior in mental health and LGBTQ plus activist and educator. So that should be really interesting. So join us again. And Karen, thank you again so much for joining us this evening. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Keith.